Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 180, episode one of Your Daily Zeitgeist! Yeah. 180, <laughs> we did it. A production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. Used to be from more of a leftist perspective, but now that it's episode one, season 180, we're going full right wing, baby. Going in for the kipper, motherfucker. <laughs> it's Monday, April 10th, 2021. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Please check this box and also this one, too. All caps are screaming at you. And they are all yellow. Uh, that is courtesy of Chrissy Yamaguchi, man, in reference to the NRCC's uh, fundraising tactics. And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. That's right. It's Miles Gray, a.k.a. GMX, uh, you know, from the hit single, The Puff Riders Anthem, from his debut album, It's Dark and the Valley is Hot. Rest in peace to Dark Man X, Earl Simmons, DMX. That, yeah, it's just awful, awful addiction is terrible thing and please check in on everybody you know yeah. uh just everybody no matter what it's always good to just know where the people you love and care about are at so yeah please check in and rest yeah. in peace dmx yeah, please r.i.p dmx and we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the brilliant the hilarious the talented Fizza Dasani! Thank you! Thank you! I'm thrilled to be here, quite I'm frankly. And to have you. And you're so chipper today. I'm you were so saying before, Mike, on, before we got on mic, you're like, I'm so chipper. I don't know what's going on with me. Call me Chipper Jones. <laughs> yeah, I just woke up on the right side of the bed, Miles. It was, uh, you Hey, know. we like to hear that on this show, the right side, not the left side. Thank oh. you. Oh. Thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I was like doing plies and shit. Like, why? Wow. Why? What's going on? Were you feeling you just you coming out of like a funk? You 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 just always on top of the world. Like what? What's the secret? What happened? I'm pretty moody, so maybe I'm sort of coming out of uh, yeah, something. You know, this is yeah. the high. Like it's a good day. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, yeah. Please keep pass the chips over here. Yes, please pass you know the mean? chips. Oh, you get Doritos and you get Fritos. Uh huh. Yeah. The best. Oh, I love both, especially if they're chili yeah. cheese. What about Tostitos? Are we, is it, what's, what's going on with this Tostitos erasure? Uh, well, you mean for dipping? Like <laughs> for the dipping. scoops, Tostitos scoops? Yeah. You know, I prefer like a real straight up, like hard fried corn tortilla type tortilla chip. Yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a heavy, uh, salsa bitch. I, I really like to go in for the <laughs> salsa. So those scoops are the only thing that can satisfy me oh, sometimes. God. So you can just have a bowl of salsa bowl of in every salsa, bite. salsa, right. <laughs> just exploding in my mouth with every chip. <laughs> that was evocative. Mm -hmm. uh, I apologize. And because this is a right-wing podcast, what's your favorite <laughs> salsa? What's your Hey, Jack, what's your favorite authentic Mexico salsa? Ragu, bro. <laughs> 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 Even worse, it's pasta sauce you've mistaken. Ketchup, motherfucker. That would be so. Oh, you know how we do it. Little uh, Arkansas salsa, ketchup yeah. and oregano. Yeah, old El Paso used to be the my shit, but now now it's uh, pace picante. Now it's pa oh yeah, pace is the one that right New York made City. New York City. Yep. Yeah, uh, New York City is a little too uh, left wing for me, so right, right. I I go with a. Uh, Heinz ketchup made in mm -hmm. the blue collar Pittsburgh Steelers. That's right. Yeah. Douse your Primanis in it. 
which I Steelers I used to watch before all this politics got brought into our NFL football. All <laughs> right, uh, back when Terry Bradshaw was running the show. All right, yeah. Enough, enough of this shit. Uh, we, we it's were hard joking, to keep it up. Uh, that we were gonna on season one eighty, we were gonna do a one eighty and go right wing Fizza. Uh, you don't, you didn't deserve any of this. Uh, we no. apologize or the confusion. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> it makes me stronger. Yeah, exactly. It didn't kill me. I'm here, and you know what? Yeah, but like, you don't need you don't need more idiot men giving yeah, you more like labor forged to deal in with. the fires of a bad bit from idiot <laughs> men. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Fizz, we're gonna get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're gonna tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about. We're talking about the new phase of vaccine rollout that we are in. Uh, that's probably going to be extra infuriating. Uh, This one is all about convincing reluctant Republicans to get vaccinated. And uh, also, I will add to that, keeping them the fuck away from the rest of us. Uh, We're going to do our new favorite. We got to We got to get a sting for this. The gates updates. I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really lock the gates. Lock the gates. It's lock up the gates is really what it should be. Lock up the gates. Uh, We're going to talk about a Capitol Police Inspector General being like, wow, this this was not handled well at all. Um, we're going to talk about uh, Amazon uh, defeating a push for workers' rights, or as the New York Times put it, Amazon workers defeat a union oh at an my. Alabama warehouse. Uh, so they... So it was the workers. It was really a story of the of the people rising up to defeat the evil powers of unionization. Yeah, yeah. Shout Thanks, out New York to Times. the New York Times. We're going to talk about whether uh, Biden is restarting construction of Trump's wall. Uh, we're going to talk about that new uh, Roe v. Wade movie that uh, nobody's talking about, but that just came out. All Wait, the that. one with the my, the my pillow guy? Uh, if he's probably in it. It seems like they uh, were. You know, using the conservation of conservative celebrity yeah. uh, method of casting. When we when we first talked about it at first, wasn't like one of the last shots like Mike Lindell like in a fucking bobcat or like a backhoe tearing down a Planned Parenthood or something? Probably. Why do I have some idea of this happening in some film? I don't know. It's co-directed and stars Nick Loeb, who is the dude. Sophia who... Vergara's. Yeah, Sophia Vergara's ex who like sued her for having any autonomy over her own uh, reproductive health he, he sued it, it was like really a new level of right-wing fuckery uh so we'll talk about that all of that plenty more but first fizza we like to ask our guest what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are or what you're up to so my um last interesting Google search was cyclothymic disorder versus bipolar mm. because maybe that'll explain a little bit why I'm chipper and moody. Uh, so I was um I've been treated for cyclothymia cyclothymia for a while now and you know there's like I'm on Clubhouse now. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that app. Oh yeah. I mean I'm familiar, familiar with, with all the notifications. All yeah, the notifications saying Fizza is up here uh, on uh, housing the club. You, you're all over that shit. Mine's huh? always about Swizz Beats and Just Blaze talking about NFTs. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it always tells me, like, okay, I get that. Again, I, yeah. Sure. A marathon. I, yeah, I got to figure out how to turn everything into an NFT. But, like, um, <laughs> I mean, can I turn cyclothymia into an NFT? Yeah. I... <laughs> At this point, yeah. But, um, yeah, I was in, like, a room about, like, 
bipolar like there's a lot of mental health rooms and Mm -hmm. a lot of the people in there were bipolar and i know that there is sort of a relationship between these two conditions except cyclothymia is it's less intense so it's like a it's a more functional bipolar but like i think you there's a lot of mood swings you know sure but yeah i just wanted to come in informed yeah right 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 is and like are those have those rooms been like are they somewhat orderly because every other, I've been to ones that start off not that they're like by design just turn into like absolute nonsense but there's something about the way the rooms are structured and if there's like no real moderation process involved it can very quickly turn into just like utter chaos nonsense but I'm I'm imagining in a space like that they're it's it's run pretty efficiently Dude, a hundred percent. Like the best ones are the ones that are like, I mean, if there's not like a professional, a health professional on stage, it's like, you know, no one's here to fix anyone. It's literally right, just right, here right. to share our own experiences. Sure, that sure. Sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that, those are the best run ones. I think. I feel like those are the ones I can like bear to listen to the longest, which are like groups of like shared interests coming together or communities to just like discuss stuff. Because when it turns into like, celebrity turn up as like the attraction point and then like random people hopping in i'm immediately like no 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 because uh, yeah it seems like that's that's probably like to me i've seen like the biggest benefit of that as an app is like to be able to create those like spaces sort of instantly and the best thing is is if like a space feels janky you just hit that leave quietly button with the peace Mm -hmm. sign (laughs) yeah Yeah, yeah. i love hitting that like i can't i don't understand how people like do big goodbyes and then hit leave quietly like what are you doing (laughs) no 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 I'm off this. I'm off this. Goodbye. Just announce it. Yeah. But I'm I'm digging Clubhouse. Like I'm in all kinds of rooms. I was in a DMX memorial room right before this. Oh wow. And just someone playing tunes? Yeah, like some people were talking about like, you know, memories of when you know, back yeah. in the day when he came out and they were playing some songs. People were crying. I'll ping you guys so you can get yeah. more notifications. Yeah, please. Ping me. Ping me. Please. When you're in a room on Clubhouse, are you usually participating? Do you like sometimes just sit back and like passively just listen? Like how how often? Like what what would the what's uh, your style in the club? Yeah, what's your ratio like there? Well, I'm pretty good at reading the room, and it also depends on like if I have a role as a moderator or not, or if mm-hmm. I'm like the person who started the room. So if I started the room, I'd have more more control of the room, responsibility for setting the culture of the room, um, or sort of a right to tell people to, you know, not interrupt each other. Right. Yeah. Like I can run it, but like, you know, sometimes I'm in other people's rooms and, you know, like if they bring me up to stage, like I'll usually accept unless it's like some, some ridiculous title. And I'm sure you've seen some like real clickbaity rooms. Mm hmm. So then I'll just read the room, read the stage, and if they want me to, like, contribute or if I feel like I can, I will. Um, I do comedy shows on there a lot, which is more of, like, my lane. The mental health and all that stuff is just interests and, um, you know, I have a lot of curiosity about a lot of things. I wish I got into STEM. You know, why did I major right. in English and film? Like, what's wrong? Why? Uh, what did, for what? The patriarchy. <laughs> you, know? you know? like <laughs> Simple ass. So I go into those rooms fine. I mean, I want to be more financially literate. So yeah. there, there's so much there. Um, There's drama rooms. Like there's some ratchet. Like, <laughs> Wait, what's a ratchet drama room? Like? There's storylines because it's a community and it's a relatively small community since the app's in beta. Right. So there are and there's a lot of personalities and not regu- no regulation. It's all self-regulation. So 
And then also people get an audience by playing out um, drama on stage and creating rooms about, you know, things that are going on. So there's some clout chasing. Um, yeah, right. There's there's also some multi-level marketers. Yeah. So just be careful. Don't don't yeah. fall into a pyramid scheme. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't let well, Just Blaze convince you that you can grow your hair back with PlayStation. It's a lie. <laughs> Facts. What What are the, so the drama rooms, are they like talking shit about other people who are on Clubhouse? Like basically, is that what a drama room is? Yeah, a lot of times. So there's different pockets and different communities in the larger community. Right. So there's some people who, you know, they're, they have a tendency to be a little more emotional, more regularly on stage and, mm. And emotions run high, so if someone feels, you know, offended or disrespected, they'll sometimes create a spinoff room, mm. and sometimes they will use people's first names. They used to use first and last, but they wow. they they changed. I think they said you can't do that anymore. And so there's the room, and then the fuck what's happening in that room room, room. that's like off to the side. And then sometimes there's a response to that, <laughs> right, and right. there's sp different spinoffs, like different rooms talking about what happened, and everyone will have like a different take, and right, and it's just, it's pretty wild, and right. I think I've been so active on the app that I know a lot of people, so I get pulled up on stage fairly regularly, and it's like, you know, sometimes I'm just like, I don't, I don't need to be on this stage, because <laughs> right. it's like, you know, it, it I've had my first 24 hours on the app. Someone kind of attacked me and I did not know what was going on. Like I was very confused because I was like, I don't know you. But right. Yeah, that was sort of my introduction into Clubhouse. Like wow. someone literally came for me. Like I'd been on the app for four hours and I think I was in another room and there's it already a room. They're like, fuck Fizzer, the room. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I'm saying, I was like, how? First and last name? Really? Right, really? right, right. No, no, that didn't happen. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like that's what, like, that's, that's like intense. Can you imagine, yeah. like, going on the app and seeing, like, 400 people in a room that's like, fuck Fizzer Dasani? They don't even know right. you. They're like, yeah, man, Dasani really should have left the carbonated water alone, man. Fuck the Fizzer <laughs> Dasani shit, man. I'm Bottom really shelf shit. Yeah, like what? <laughs> what is something you think is overrated, Fizz? Overrated? I was going to say, or I am going to say pre-pandemic society. Like, I'm excited to see where we go after this. But like the way things were um, prior to the pandemic, I have a lot of issues with. Um, and I think a lot of those, you know, over the last few years, those cracks in the system are now no longer cracks. You know, they're big fucking gaping holes. Mm -hmm. um, I'm tired of the rat race. Yeah. I'm tired of sort of like feeling like, you know, self-care is not a priority because, it, you know, we got to hustle, 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 hustle. I, you know, I want to do both. Right. And I hate right. traffic. I don't want to be stuck in L.A. traffic anymore. Yeah, like, man. I like this live stream stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it feels better. feels, I mean, it's easy for, for the people who don't like to drive. It's been a blessing. Ooh, yes. On some level. How are they going to get people that, like, what is the point going to be when employers are just like yeah we we want to have you guys back at the office but like there's no real reason to be back at the office like how we just proved we don't need offices right yeah i was just talking to a friend of mine who's like god i would love it if they just made this permanent but he doesn't think they're going to and it's just like why why wouldn't you 
uh, yeah. other than just like i don't know it, didn't it salesforce like the... just abandon their building in san francisco yeah they're like yeah actually we built that big ass thing on like the near the embarcadero but uh we're not really gonna use that anymore <laughs> right yeah right. yeah so what do you do with these big phallic symbols of your collective capital yeah. And you know what's so nuts about here in LA is that we already have so many empty buildings from Scientology. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But they're not supposed to admit that they're empty. They're like, no, there's uh, all million uh-huh. of our followers are in there right now. Just uh, wait, you saw through the it. blinds through a telescope <laughs> from across the street. Oh, no. Yeah. What you spot that level is where we have spider webs uh, doing a lot of the work uh, on behalf of the organization. That's why those spider webs are all in there. They're, they're actually. I, they're I interviewed a woman who. Uh, just kind of did a book on a bunch of different American cults. And at one point she basically showed up and was like, I would like to go to church today in like to a Scientology thing. And they were like, what the fuck? Like there was like a big scramble behind the scenes. They were like, she wants to go to church. What are we doing? So they like brought out somebody and they did a individual church service for her. And there was nobody else in the building who wasn't like working there. It was just completely empty. But like the whole thing is like putting up this facade like it's a place that people actually voluntarily want to be. Yeah. And a, t- a ton of people are involved. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at hmm. Look at them go. What is something you think is underrated? I have two things. The okay. first one, I, I think. I'll just quickly say, I think DMX prior to his passing, I think a lot of artists do get, you know, they're they're more celebrated posthumously. Yeah. And I just, you know, it's, I mean, he he's an OG, you know, he's a pioneer in the game. He's, he's so talented. How many hits did he have? Like, and it's unique. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So unique. Put other rappers on as well. Like, he has a legacy and I just, you know, I know because he had his health issues and I do say health issues because that's how addiction should be treated. Mm-hmm. You know, I think this society is very cruel and oftentimes when people are in vulnerable situations like that, they become the butt of jokes. So, you know, now I think people are you know, after the guy is so sick and then passed, it's like he's being celebrated, but I think he should have been celebrated, you know, is. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he has a very unique place too, because I think uh, alongside just his like very clear charisma and things like that, there was something about how he projected his like personality through rap that transcended a lot of the weird I mean, granted, yes, like he he's an OG of also the most some of the most toxic shit I've ever heard a rapper say, yeah. like yeah. without a doubt, like things I'm like laughing now, I'm like, oh, you wrote that down and right. said that. <laughs> right. Yeah. But after a while, like as you really kind of look at his life uh, in its totality, you realize like from childhood, he had been in and out of like correctional facilities and juvenile detention and things like that because he was. He was trying to survive on his own. If you listen to the Talib Kweli interview he did last year, there are moments where he is so open about things he has been through that when you really look at it, you're like, oh, right. Everyone just thought, oh, he's the dog. Like, oh, wow. But truly, like, it was a very broken human being who had to adopt a much more aggressive 
persona, I think, to sort of hide his own pain. But within that, like he was able to also express, which is oddly enough, he needed sort of the language of this like hyper masculinity to be emotional. And he was able to do that in a way that didn't get him, you know, people would be like, oh, he's soft because he's crying on stage and shit. But he cried on stage and people felt that shit like in the early 2000s. Um, and I think there's a lot to be said about, you know, sort of like those elements of his work. And like, yeah, of course, you can there's uh, nobody has a legacy that's completely pristine. But I think with with this one, for sure, I think we just took him as like an energy vibey rapper. But as I kind of reflect more, I'm thinking of like the things that actually pulled me in. And I think it was how because he was so emotionally transparent on top of like just being a great performer. But I think it was he was able to be uh, vulnerable in a way that like a lot of like rappers really weren't at the time. So yeah. He communicated more like in the intros, like before he started rapping, just like the build <laughs> right. up was yeah. like so much just energy and pathos and yeah, like just that dude's spirit, that dude's energy is like cuz I mean there was like the flex culture of like yeah, look at me what I got or whatever and like you know, I'm with this this that and the other woman who whatever, but it was a lot more about like just dark shit that he was going through. It wasn't as much of like the, it wasn't as material. I mean, later on, I think he started making more like party albums and things like that, or, you know, tracks right. slightly different. But at the end of the day, I think that's really what I think was for me interesting because he's coming up in the time where like hard knock life or bad, like bad boy is sort of dominating the sound, which is all materialism. And then mm -hmm. to have this guy like screaming in a tank top, wearing a ch like chain, like a literal, like chain link as like a fucking jewelry. And you're like, Oh, Oh, okay. I just remember I an X going to give it to you when he was, <laughs> when he said, fight these tears, I was like, huh, that's yeah. You want to fight I... me, fight these tears. You're like, Oh, huh? Wow. Yeah. That's like, that's dark. That's, uh, <laughs> that's emotional. Yeah, he's an artist. He really is yeah. an artist. And it, like in terms of having a pristine legacy, I mean, we're human. Humans are no humans perfect. Right. But yeah, um, yeah. he he's he's an artist. Yeah, he was artist thrown through. And you time. can just tell from the amount of people that showed up when he was on his deathbed. Like it's it's weird. You know, we've lost a lot of artists before. But it's interesting when you can actually like you can begin to measure truly like from the output of like people sharing memories or like moving into physical space to be near it is is a huge thing. So, yeah, sad to see him. Yeah, he's only only 50. Young. Yeah, mm -hmm. 50 years young. Rest in peace. Yeah, it's a it's a tough time for, you know, I just anecdotally, I know people who are passing because of suicide and drug drug addiction like more more than i feel like i've ever like kind of just anecdotally like not not like close friends of mine but close friends of close friends and mm -hmm. it just seems like the the pandemic has taken a toll and just in general the the fact that like fizzy you said these are illnesses that people aren't uh willing to treat as illnesses um that like those things are taking a toll especially in america You'll see, I mean, and you hope that these are the kinds of moments that can hopefully shift, move, uh, prod the culture to move forward a little bit to be like, yeah. if, if you're going to, if you're willing to say the addiction was a tragedy when they're dead, you have to be able to, 
to have that same empathy and energy for someone from the onset. It can't just yeah. be like, oh, he a crackhead. Right. right. And then it's over there. Because I think that I think that was a lot of the discourse, especially in the last sort of 10 years or so when he really had kind of fallen off where people just were like, oh, he's an afterthought. Like, you know, he did that to himself when it, when it's so funny, because most of us know a, we have examples of addiction and that struggle in our lives that we are very much invested in the wellness of that person. But with celebrities, it's like this thing. It's like, well, fuck you till you die. And then when you die, oh, what a shame. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's take a, a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. And uh, let's talk about this new phase of the vaccine. So, Va or no, Axios, one of those. Uh, X names, X gonna give X it to no, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the X, X gonna, gonna give it gonna to give you. It. <laughs> <laughs> Want that unbiased <laughs> news? <laughs> knock it, knock, 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 give it, <laughs> knock, knock. Open up some news for real. <laughs> uh, one of those exes had a report about how it seems like America is about to hit a wall on the vaccine front, and they're going to hit that wall. We're going to hit that wall before we have. Uh, enough for herd immunity enough people vaccinated what do you mean a wall immunity. like in terms of supply so like we've been up to this point we've been blowing through these vaccines because we're hitting all the people who believe in want science them. and want them and uh -huh. we're about to we're starting to see especially in southern states uh signs that things are slowing down and the vaccines aren't getting into people's arms and they're what saying, is it jack the, is it is it uh is it the people of color who are anti-vaccine? Uh, yeah, What's funny that that's here? the narrative because it seems like it's actually uh, the people who are in favor of white supremacy openly. Uh, it seems like it's Republicans, Republican-leaning, uh, evangelical Christians in the South. It seems like it's those specific groups. Republicans are uh, not wanting to get the vaccine, not trusting of the vaccine, and that not shocking, but we're... I guess this is the first time I've heard it formulated as like, this is the next, like, this is what we're going to be dealing with for the next handful of months is a much slower process of trying to win people over to get vaccinated or uh, alternately keep them the fuck out of like places where the rest of society is who Telling actually you, got the vaccine. Just create a country for people who don't believe in science and then let their outcomes play out how they need to. You know what I mean, just like we say, like, oh, you don't believe in climate change. So let's take the people who are about to be displaced by climate change. You y'all can live there now and you can do whatever the fuck you want. The rest of the world is going to try and be on the same page. And then when you and don't ask us for shit when you realize you fucked up and picked the wrong fucking, you know, ideology there. And this shit yeah. is I was just reading an article from I think it was an NPR or some shit where they were talking to a Southern Baptist preacher, white uh, evangelical, like he's, you know, like in the white evangelical scene in the South and how a lot of them are like a lot of preachers are kind of like, I mean, yeah, some of us are not fucking with it. And then there are definitely us who get it. Like we understand science is real. Like, cause you know, we're the ones doing the funerals for people that die. We get that there is a cost to this. And this is not, this isn't something to be flippant about or, you know, getting all cocky about. And they said, they've been really trying to connect the teachings of Christ as a way to get people to get vaccines in terms of, 
you know, Christ taught us or some of them maybe taught 10% of us that listened that we want to look after our neighbors and that we want uh, to do unto others as we want others to do unto us. And it's kind of like, ah, that one's kind of hitting, but not really. And then you're like, yeah, (laughs) because this is just sort of like ego cover for their own wrongdoing. That's also a part, a version of the church that has managed to take a a person whose main teaching was like, you don't want to be rich. Rich is bad. And Mm -hmm. been like, Jesus wants you to be rich. Jesus said, give me your goddamn money. I said it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. It's very, it's very elastic. I will say the evangelical interpretation of the, of the new Testament. So who who knows uh, if that's going to work, but like that, you know, we we talked a couple weeks ago about Israel having the passports and having the things where you can, like, check people. And there's, you know, very thorny human rights questions around that. But at the same time, like, what are we going to do when the, there's just a big chunk of the population enough to keep the coronavirus killing people? out there who aren't willing to get the vaccine and want to just and have have never been willing to wear masks and just want to re-enter into society it's it's a kind of a, a thorny philosophical question i mean it's just it's i don't i guess it gets thorny because you're like it's more that you're considering the reaction of the child right yeah like oh, fuck they're not gonna fucking like this <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> but it's like objectively i don't how the fuck else can you really get you're like, how can we, can we, how can we get a grip on that in some level? And I would love to find a way to figure that out. But I think like most things, like where we're trying to do something that feels like the right thing, it's always like, well, but then there's that group of fucking losers that's going to scream about it. Yeah. And now yeah. we're doing like some other half-assed thing, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. And it's, 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 it's hard to figure out what the best way forward is with something like that. I was just going to ask what the percentage is t- um, that we need to achieve herd immunity. It's inexact, but it's between 70 and 90 percent. And like, um, since we're hitting that wall, around what percentage are we at right now? Uh, so there is a study, a survey that finds 59 percent of U.S. adults say they're either already vaccinated or plan to be as soon as the shot is made available to them. And then there's a significant percentage who's like, oh, I'm going to wait and see. Uh, and, you know, the things they're waiting to see about are those things where it's too late. <laughs> it's too late. Once once the thing you're waiting to see, if it happens, happens, it's too late. So, yeah. like, uh, yeah, maybe, we're, we're going to be, yeah, to just a little. We're coming up just a little bit shy of avoiding um <laughs> uh, the deaths, the avoidable deaths of a bunch of Americans. Maybe there's a way to incentive incentivize the people who don't want to take the shots. I don't know if the solution lies there. I mean, well, yeah, that's what, yeah, you're not going to kill people. <laughs> I oh, mean, something right. that on. resonates. Come on, Fuck, I don't know. Here's a fucking F- F- Ford F-150 Raptor <laughs> truck. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck we do. Well, restrictions, I think. The right. restrictions. That's what I, yeah, that's the whole thing with the passport. But too many governors already, you know, if you live in a red state, the governors are like, hell no, we're not forcing anybody to prove fucking anything to anybody. I mean, even Fauci the other day was like, we're not going to, uh, I don't think a passport's in the cards, but it's, I don't know how else you disincentivize people from just not getting the vaccine and 
you know, taking cover in the post pandemic world where it's like, well, we just kind of assume everybody's gotten it because 60% of us have gotten it and they're just out there, you know, uh, putting the rest of the country in danger with their uh, shitty politics. Just fucking make the just look, this is where Disney's going to have to take the L and say, nobody's getting fucking in here unless you're vaccinated. Right. Because again, that. Uh, they're not going to boycott. Here's the thing. They're 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 they, they're incapable of boycotting anything because they don't have values that they actually stand by. Right. It's they're, it's all empty threats to just keep the fucking adults and being like, oh, fuck, they're going to hate this, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, when you look because we were talking about that one art or maybe this is when you were gone, this article about how like there were people trying to convince their conservative family members to get vaccinated. And the one of the few things that seemed to work was like. Well, we can take that trip. Right. Like, ah, well, yeah, I'd like to do that. We do like vacations. (laughs) Yeah. Like, honestly, that's like the one thing Americans like to be comfortable. So if you take away these other, just like slightly rearrange things that maybe like if three companies, if three companies do it, then that might end up getting you to that an extra 20%. But I don't know what the Airlines Come on, have been company, kind of beating around again. that uh, bush of like just trying to like raising the possibility of doing like making sure that you're vaccinated before you fly. That seems like a very obvious place that if you can't fly, you can't travel on train, you can't travel on bus without like having your vaccine papers, then uh, you, that that would seem to be a pretty good incentive. But I, but I then the other I guess the other balancing act is like, how do you then make the way to prove it as equitable as possible? So it's not like, well, you don't have a smartphone. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Because that's when that's when you instantly cut off millions of people. So it's like there has. Yeah, it's look, I'm I'm I'm, that's why I'm not jealous of whoever is in charge of this. Have the Uh, mint print it, like use whatever technology they use for, you know, they're they're uh, pretty worried about like people printing false one hundred dollar bills have like a. Yeah. An equivalent of a hundred dollar bill that has that little like <laughs> rag get a blue face it. COVID vaccine card. Yeah, I mean, it <laughs> seems like the sort of thing that we should be able to because you because they had to recently shut down uh, sellers of fake vaccine proof paperwork on like Etsy and uh, right. eBay. Uh, That's what I'm saying. Like we can fuck. Like we can create a a thing where you could get a a, a audio clip of a fart authenticated. To yeah. only being yours through yeah. NFTs, yeah, and we can't get. Come on now, come I on a, now. What's the, what's the technology that puts a blockchain on a fart? That is what I need to know. I feel like I should. Oh, you can blockchain media file. Because, uh, yeah, as long as you can, you can make it a computer <laughs> file. You can blockchain anything, man. Blockchain. We can blockchain this this podcast. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. It's it does seem like there should be a way to. First of all, like police that because I mean you couldn't sell uh, uh, counterfeit hundred dollar bills on Etsy. Uh, I've tried; it does not go well. Yeah, and so yeah, let's just do the same thing with vaccine papers. Like, let's make it so that we at least have these things that authentically say whether or not you have been vaccinated, and then you know companies can decide how they want to. Because, again, it's the corporations that are going to end up bringing the change, right? Because I get it. It's a slippery. You don't want the government ever being like papers, please. Although they kind of are in terms of like immigration and things like that. But and this level, slippery slope. But then you're like, hey, it's the free market, baby. You know, if you like Buffalo Wild Wings, I hope you like Pfizer, Moderna or fucking Johnson & Johnson. (laughs) Right. 
Yeah. And then like the culture wars of like, will there be a like, will Ruby Tuesdays or like some small like chain yeah, restaurant? Yeah, it was like, will like, we welcome the maskless? We welcome. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we I'm telling you, that. that's quite that's that's what I'm saying. Like, it'll take a couple companies to do it. Outrage enough Republicans and some other conservative owned company will be like, oh, we would never trample on the rights of your right to infect our wage workers. Yeah. I think I always think back to that uh, Nike protest when uh, Nike signed up Colin Kaepernick and the right was furious. And there was that dude who was wearing his Nike socks while cutting the like just the logo off the ankle. (laughs) It's like, so you're still rocking them, though. You're still you're still wearing them. You're just like cutting them. So they so you're going to have bad blisters on your feet without that thing holding the sock up. But Mm. hey, I mean, whatever you got to do to cape for Jefferson Davis. Uh, all right, let's talk about Matt Gates. Just check in real quick with him. I think the, the women who work for him have put this whole story to bed uh, by using the uh, always effective uh, sexual predator evidence of, well, he, there are women who he hasn't assaulted and been a creep to. So therefore, it must mean that he's not a creep because... I mean, yeah, this... I, I, I will just read this because that's always what... Like, if you're racist, then you need someone to be like as a friend to other non-whites yeah um and i have a few of them who will perform for me right. uh for my defense but in this case this is the the press that or the statement that came out of his office today the women of u.s congressman matt gates's official office released the following statement after the shocking allegations last week in the press we the women of congressman matt gates's office feel morally obligated to speak out. Also, just so you know, no names are specifically signed to yep. the statement. Just yep. so you know. Because it's written mm-hmm. by Matt Gates. <clears throat> Allow me to continue. <laughs> oh, for sure. Actually, I just read it like this toxic fuck. During Congressman Gates' time in office, we have been behind the scenes every <laughs> step of the way. We've staffed his meetings. We've planned his events. We've traveled with him. We have even tracked his schedule. Congressman Gates has always been a principled and morally grounded leader at no time has any one of us experienced or witnessed anything less than the utmost professionalism and respect? No hint of impropriety. No ounce of truthfulness. Okay? Maybe 27 grams of it, but that's a gram short of an ounce. Now, in our office and under Congressman Gates's leadership, women are not only respected, but have been encouraged time and time again to grow, achieve more, and ultimately know our value. Okay, people of the... the Let me continue. On every occasion, he has treated each and every one of us with respect. Thus, we uniformly reject these allegations as false. That is such a fucking stretch. You can't get a single one of them to sign their name to this. That's... yeah wild again and the final one just so you know it's really written by a conservative male congressman gates will continue to lead by example and stand for the people of america who have been maligned by the liberal elite and we will stand with him while we recognize the scrutiny we will face for making this decision we take comfort in the hope that more americans and elected officials will stand up and refuse to remain silent about what sex trafficking yeah (laughs) yeah 
about the pictures he was showing people. Sorry, I had to sit back down after standing to salute after that uh, statement. That was I mean, there and the, and unfortunately, the details are just getting worse and more clear that he absolutely has everything to do with this Joel Greenberg guy who's under investigation. Uh, the last thing that came out was like over the or before the weekend were these Venmo receipts mm. to, that popped up to Joel Greenberg, the guy who's trafficking these young women and and, and girls in certain instances where Gates sent Greenberg $900, and then the next day, Greenberg is sending out $900 in different denominations to three different women. Huh. Uh, so it says, the memo field for the first of Gates's transactions to Greenberg was titled, Ooh. quote, test. In the second, the Florida GOP congressman wrote, hit up blank, but instead of a blank, Gates wrote a nickname for one of the recipients. Um, when Greenberg, and this, the Daily Beast said, they're not sharing that nickname because the teenager had only turned 18, uh, 18 years old less than six months before this transaction. Jesus when Greenberg Christ. then made his Venmo payments to these three young women, he described the money as being for qu one payment, quote, tuition, uh, one, quote, school, and the other one, quote, school. QAnon, are you there? Can right. you help? Huh? Are you? Where's huh. your energy, Q? Where's that right. energy for the for the chi the child sex trafficking? Be or is right. it is it just cover for your, your ignorance of white supremacy? I don't know. But if it help. Um, so now two, two, two of his staffers have already resigned, probably more at this point. And he's truly now going for the -uh defense that we saw a certain Alabama secretary of state deploy last week where mm -hmm. he says this is a, from his office. Matt Gates has never paid for sex. Matt Gates refutes all the <laughs> disgusting allegations completely. Matt Gates has never, ever been on it. He said never, ever. Come on now. Has never, ever been on any such websites whatsoever. Matt Gates cherishes the relationships in his past and looks forward to marrying the love of his life. <laughs> Anytime oh, right. someone says like never or always, I'm like, you're already lying. Right. Yeah. Never, never, ever, never, ever, 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 ever. Pinky uh, swear? Okay. He just got yeah. engaged, right? Is that, dude, is that I, what that Honestly, dude, I swear on my mom, dude. I swear on my mom. I swear on my mom I'd never paid for sex, bro. I, I fucking, dude, make, I'll swear on fucking anything. Name something right now. My fucking grandma, dude, you know how much I love her, bro. I'll fucking swear on that shit. Damn. Uh, okay. Um, so grandma in the crosshairs of of the universe yeah of letting karma crush your poor grandma because you are a fucking sex criminal allegedly yeah. um and also it, it got even worse because news then broke that greenberg joel greenberg he's gonna make he's gonna i think he's gonna take a he's plea gonna deal. name names yeah yeah so he's going to be cooperating meaning gates may now become the prized show horse he oh, always wanted sure. to be and i just want to play <laughs> this clip because Joel Greenberg's lawyer, dude, credit to this guy. I'm just going to play this exchange where right after they talk about like the plea deal happening, immediately the press is like uh, to Joel Greenberg's lawyer, they're like, hey, 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 like, so what do you think this means for Gates? And he's trying his best, y'all. But this is a beautiful bit of back and forth between uh, Joel Greenberg's lawyer on the heels of announcing that they're probably going to take a plea deal. Do you know does, does Matt Gates have anything to worry about? Does Matt Gates... That is such a <laughs> um, does When he it comes any, to what happened today in court. Does he uh, have anything to worry about? <laughs> and you're asking me to get into the mind of Matt Gates. Right? Oh. And, uh, well, from your mind. From my mind. Based on what your client knows. <laughs> based based on what, your on what knows. my client knows. Okay. <laughs> Oh. See, I thought if I kept on talking and talking, <laughs> I would avoid these questions. <laughs> and, and not to say, um, 
I'm sure Matt Gates is not feeling very comfortable today. <laughs> Damn. He this is and it's wild he also did the dumb man thing where you you know you fucked up so you're just going to laboriously repeat the question back. What did I do last night at the club? <laughs> so you're asking should you be worried about what I did? Okay, so you want me to enter the mind of, of you, you right. my partner, okay? And, just laying um, this out here because I do need... Let me let me just write this down real quick. Let me. Oh. Okay, let me just write down... Um, so you're the subject. <laughs> but I okay. do love... I have to respect that he came clean and was like, I thought if I kept repeating yeah. what you were saying <laughs> that uh, I would run out the clock and it doesn't seem to have worked. And so... Yeah, he's fucked. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That and was beautiful. Please, you know, Mwah. just resign and fucking whatever. I mean, it, it's so weird, too. Like, when these staffers leave now, it's like, oh, wasn't there racist insurrectionist shit mm -hmm. or the other stuff before? Just weird when people draw these lines. But it also shows you the nature of working in politics is like you're truly like hitching your wagon to a star. And when you realize it's about to explode, like you got to try and take that momentum and like, hopefully it jettisons you into like another orbit. But I don't know how the fuck you're going to leave, have this on your resume. You might be like, Oh, I, I actually didn't work from 2017 to 2021. At all. <laughs> I was just smoking mad weed. And <laughs> That's the best you can do. Uh... <laughs> it's just like Matt Gates is such an idiot. Yeah. It's yeah. really, uh, validating damn. i feel like i i would almost say i feel bad for white men because like damn like the world reflected some dumb shit back to y'all like you could like you could get away with this kind of <laughs> shit and it's made you the worst criminals on earth well, it's wild because it's like for so long they get away with it that yeah why just, wouldn't you the fact that they, what they do because they can get away with it it's like oh you're fucked up like you take pleasure in f in ruining people mm -hmm. yeah like there, it's crazy. I mean, I'm thinking about like Scott Rudin also, just because right. like I yeah yeah, like un unnecessarily cruel and exactly. Or it's 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 purely for your own personal gratification. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not yeah. even about the other person. It's like you you're completely out of control, and you're like, oh, that's how I just respond to shit. And I do that because I'm not willing to for a second create some self awareness or figure out like if this is the right thing. It's just me indulging my fucking worst impulses constantly yeah and it's so important for them to make those worst impulses a part of what like drove them to success the rather sauce. than right yeah rather than it just being you got lucky and you happen to be of a certain level of intelligence that you were able to do this thing and you could have been nice the whole fucking time yeah or matt gates like bro you had everything Right. You're from, from a so much wealth, familial right. wealth. Like he grew up in the Truman Show house. Yeah. Do you know that? Yeah. Okay. Oh, literally the Truman Show house? Literally oh, the house yeah. that they made the Truman Show in. That they shot the Truman Show in. Oh no. So he has main character syndrome. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. For mm. sure. They've been just feeding him privilege like he's like they're trying to make foie gras. Like just nonstop advantages and he doesn't that's that's just it's he's curdled yeah uh, yeah <laughs> uh all right let's take a quick break and we'll be right back
And we're back, and let's talk about the Capitol Police. Uh, we have a Inspector General report, or like you know, the beginnings uh, of what the Inspector General yeah, preliminary reports, as yeah. they call them. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, it's nothing really new aside from like verifying, like, uh, yeah, these assholes <laughs> were truly a shit show over there. Um, like at every level, right? So. Um, the watch quote, this is from uh, this write up in Talking Points Memo says the watchdog suggests that there were a number of several longstanding issues that the department, quote, either knew and did not address in time or did not address in a routine manner to prevent uh, significant issues within the department's handling of equipment maintenance policies for the civil disturbance unit and intelligence ahead of the breaching of the Capitol. The watchdog acknowledged the failure of intelligence assessment by the department in light of a warning by the Department of Homeland Security on December 21st that the Capitol Police received and then failed to act on. Like, there was even a thing they said there was, uh, like, equipment, like some kind of, uh, like, self-defense weaponry or whatever that the, the manufacturer had told them they needed to get, like, training on specifically for this piece of equipment that they just didn't do for three years. Like, on top of all this other stuff. So you're like, oh, these people just, what the, like, this is... In short, I think it was like, if you watch Kitchen Nightmares... And Gordon Ramsay shows up to prove that your restaurant's bullshit. What he does, he sets you up on that first night and just slams the kitchen with the most customers this dying restaurant has ever seen. And then he just watches as the kitchen just collapses under the weight of its own ineptitude. In this case, Trump was Gordon Ramsay, and he set all the customers to the Capitol. And basically, they're like, oh, y'all found us out. Like, we're, we're bullshit, actually, on top of having people who are sympathetic to all this shit within. And I'm sure that's another phase of the investigation. It's just crazy because it's like your one job as a unit is security and you failed like so like the negligence is are are they going well I guess they're still digging stuff up researching like investigating but is someone going to jail for this is someone being you know tried for people died that was that was not. I mean, I think at some point, yeah, there could be civil suits on behalf of the people who lost their lives against like whatever the leadership was. But I know, you know, many of them have all resigned or been fired. Yeah. Um, So they're kind of in this like, I don't know, you know, what point they're in in their evolution. But like, it seems like there are definitely people who knew that it was such a shit show to begin with. And then there are people who probably just didn't give a fuck. And, you know, it leads to this. Doing doing this. Inspector General's report independent of like the ideological content and the the fact that you had people who are sympathetic to this attack. Like it's just it it like a lot of what they're talking about feels like it it assumes that this would have been the same response if the There weren't people who who liked what they were hearing. Right. Or if this had been a Black Lives Matter uh, protest, Mm -hmm. I'm assuming if this were a Black Lives Matter protest, the response would have been, you know, not not insufficient. It would have the the question would have been, (laughs) should that many of people have died? Should that Mm -hmm. many people have been killed by the Capitol Police? Not where was the Capitol Police on this one? It would have been like a Kent State type shit where. like, And and so the. Like any investigation where it's just like they weren't oiling down their guns as much as they should have been. And like that's where it really I'm sure that's true. I'm sure it's probably at least partially because they didn't view the people who were coming as an actual threat because those people were them. They were their friends. And I think, you know, 
these are, this is obviously a preliminary report. And I believe this week, the inspector general is probably going to be testifying in front of Congress where like those other questions will be asked. But I have a feeling things like those real accusations to start being like these people, though, I think really we need to ask questions to as during about their conduct in like the day of days leading up to because I'm that's a, I feel like that's like going to be the most significant part if it gets there. I don't know where to, to really begin pinpointing like how from like a personnel level what the failings were because it can't just be like, oh, you know, that one officer had to fight off all those people, those QAnon people in the steps on the way to the, the Senate because, you know, he didn't know how to use his other taser or something. No. no yeah. No, no, no. I mean, we've seen it from the very first episode of this show that happened. I think the first like test recording we did was right after Charlottesville. Right. And there was you just saw these like big white cops sitting in the background while a white supremacist fired shots into a crowd like and did right. nothing did yeah. nothing didn't respond to it like there is a deep pro like the the american law enforcement community is rotten to its core is white supremacist to its core and like not 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 having that be the very first thing that we acknowledge anytime we're asking these questions is uh, especially in a insurrection fucking staged by right wing white supremacists like that's that's it just seems like it's completely putting logic on its head. Well, that's that's how this country tries mm. to solve the problem, you know, yeah. because it's it's so entrenched in it. It's unable to figure out how to properly unburden itself from white supremacy. So it happens through all this incremental nonsense or you know, yeah. Joe Biden be like, I don't know, here, deal with DOJ. Here's like a bunch of money to figure out what to do right. now. Yeah. Like, Oil your guns better. Have your. Uh, give yeah. them training, you know, try and create like listen to the activists, the people who are constantly butting their heads against this fucked up system as to what is how to really remedy it. But of course, that is this, this just shows you what side or how, you know, our leaders look at these sort of issues to be like, oh, well, I can't just make it hot for the police. Right. It's like, well, do you care about the innocent people that die because of their actions rather than upsetting the people who are like, I should be allowed to fucking murder undisturbed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about uh, the Amazon uh, defeat. The Amazon workers defeat of the union at the Alabama warehouse, according to the New York Times. They have since changed that, uh, changed that headline since I screen capped it this the morning. Fuck are but, these people on Friday morning? But yeah, it's you know it, it's pretty wild. Like people weren't surprised by this, right? Like so, we've been talking. Just the background on this is there was a fulfillment center in Alabama where people. Like, despite it being a very anti-union area, like not nobody would have thought of this as the first place to unionize. But the conditions of of the workers there were so bad that like they started to like get some momentum. So this was a big test of whether uh, the workers were going to be able to unionize. Uh, but it's like nobody was surprised that they weren't successful because you're fighting against like the most well-funded entity in a system that favors the well-funded like the most well-funded entity mm -hmm. um and and the rules favor uh the corporations uh and not the unions and have right. for the past 40 years 
but yeah, so so some of the ways that Amazon dealt with these employees' attempts to unionize, other than you know just being allowed to uh, hold multiple meetings throughout a workday where employees were encouraged to go and take in anti-union propaganda, uh, just posters. Not encouraged. It, they said it was mandated. Was it mandatory? I mean, I've 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 read versions where I've seen the word mandated and required. Yeah. These meetings. So, yeah, you had to go watch that. The just workplace was wallpapered with propaganda, anti-union propaganda, and they took pictures of employee badges when they spoke out at the union busting meetings like in favor of the unions. If, yeah, if, if you, you spoke out and be like, this is horse shit. Right. And they're like, what? And then someone, one person in management just would casually come up and take it, like not say anything, but clearly right. as a way to intimidate those people. Yeah. Yeah. Took down the employee directory that helped organize workers, uh, asked the postal service to install a mailbox at the warehouse as a way to intimidate employees from sending in a ballot at work since it wasn't, clear who actually controlled it yeah or just harvesting ballots for your pro like anti-union votes or whatever it's just like right. very messy and then the other thing um what was the fucking other one? Oh yeah remember they were cha- they had the city change the speed of the traffic lights so organizers couldn't approach employees cars at a stoplight wow they did everything they fucking could to stop this shit and then want to be like well you know we're paying people 15 30 an hour which is higher than most places and they get all these other things so you know beggars can't be choosers we all know that right beggars can't be choosers right it's it's wild not surprising at all and i know they're they're gonna they're gonna dispute that because of all like especially the mailbox thing there there's this it's going to be disputed but it it just shows you how long these kinds of things take the whole thing the whole system including the new york times and the mainstream media that gets out to the rest of the country is all tilted in their favor. That's all yeah. tilted in their favor. I mean, I hopefully we just see more and more attempts at the, like this because, yeah. you know, people need, I think granted they got blown out in, in the votes, yeah, um, but people need, votes. again, it's like everything more. We need to have the imagination in this country that it's possible to work collectively for better outcomes for each other. Yeah. Like that, that's just like this weird nebulous thing that, not we've we've just not a, a tipping point where enough American people understand that that's a way to get shit done. Yeah, I was. I think people see competition as the way versus community. Whereas community, what, what I don't there's an old proverb. I believe it's an African proverb. We can you know you get you get further together. Or something you go if you. Do it yourself. You can go faster. Oh, if you run together, you can go yeah. further. But I think, but you run alone, you'll go faster, but not as far as something, I believe. Yeah. So like that, that, I mean, that's sort of figurative for what's going on here in terms of like priorities. Like, okay, we want to look out for ourselves. But long term, you know, I mean, look what's happening. You know, it's like the building's crumbling and. Yeah, maybe yours is okay right now, but if the infrastructure around you is falling, like your your unit in your building's not going to stand. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm. Uh, I don't, my analogies are not as good as Miles, but <laughs> I had to give it a shot. They're hitting. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, I mean, just the the fact that it's not understood by most people that like so the 
a lot of the most probably anti-union people in the country, like the Trump voters, the people on the right, all kind of uh, romanticize this time of like the 50s when the like early 20th century when there was like a more robust middle class and they don't recognize that that was a time before like unions had been completely obliterated when like workers actually had had rights like but that it's just such a it's so completely like antithetical to what what the central american like messaging is that like you you just can't get that message out or any purchase like it won't stick to people or hasn't i feel like we're starting to turn a corner a little bit right and i mean you can tell just how i mean it's the relationship between income inequality and union participation is right there for everyone to see it's a fucking x as a line graph yeah the second it started going down all the income inequalities began to creep up. That's why a lot of times there's these a lot of people they talk about if minimum wage had kept up with CEO pay since whatever the 70s or 80s, minimum wage would be something like 45 an hour right now. Right. At minimum. But you know, that's that's just too much for a person to make to just move boxes around. Right. That's not how it works. That's not, and I think that's the relationship. That not enough employers look at as them having that duty to employees because that's just how capitalism works. Like you don't give a fuck about their lives because you're just trying to get the most out of them by paying them as least as little as possible. But fuck, if more people could be like, yeah, actually, like I pay these people to to be alive and they give me their life hours to sustain the business. And so maybe I have some responsibility to make sure that these people who are helping me, eh, but whatever, like, look at me. I sound like some kind of common fucking communist yeah yeah like (laughs) for whatever reason we just we're not able to cross that bridge or not enough people see that like the actual the positivity the uh good outcomes the abundance that will come with that right very short-term goals here yeah it's like the junk food of just the central american like all of our messaging is like focus on the billionaires. Kim, the Kardashians are celebrities. They're billionaires. The Jeff Bezos, what's he have to say? He's going to space. That fucking rules. Elon right. Musk, the other richest guy in the country. What's he have to say? Oh, he's so cool. He's a celebrity. He's like, you just hear like I hear people quote Elon Musk like he's fucking Confucius, and it's just the whole system is just so thoroughly shot through in the DNA. Uh, well, there's like levels of willing to to look at yourself positively, depending on like your ideology and how you consume media in this country. One version is I want to be a celebrity because where I'm at now is a non-person. And that's why I like celebrities so much, because when I get there, then I can start living this life that I feel like is what is the cool thing that I've just been being fed through my TV or phone screen. Um, and I think that because of that obsession, there's an utter negligence of looking at who we are as we are in the state we're in now and how to make that better rather than being like, oh, I'm just in a broke person phase where I have a job that poor people have and then I'll get my rich person job rather than like actually looking at there. Everyone has the right to live comfortably and to succeed and to be supported no matter what your occupation is. And I think 
we already like the way we rank what an occupation is, is another part and parcel to how we begin to, you know, wag fingers and be like, Oh, I can't do that. I'm above that. Or I'm beneath that. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. there's just a lot, there's so many things to be, have to dismantle uh, in terms of how you look at yourself and what it means to fucking work. Um, but you know, but Kylie and Kendall are already back at Mr. Nice guy. Right. And Drake <laughs> is there too. And then Chris Brown wrecked his Porsche and he didn't even punch somebody. Right. Right. Like, okay. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> on that note. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> uh, fuck it. I Happy Monday, know, y'all. <laughs> Have a great week. Uh, I'm probably not back tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to go sleep for a few days. No, nah, but it's, it'll be okay. That's all. All we got to do is just encourage everybody to look at shit differently and yeah. that we can. You know what I mean? And I think that's the thing is like it's easy to get discouraged because you look at shit like this and Amazon and the New York Times are fucking 69ing with each other and they're like, oh my God, they beat the. Fuck right. that. Yeah. You know what I mean? We can do this shit. It's just, we just fucking think of it. Just envision that shit first because too many people just think the shit ends with, dude, I'm not going to get that from my boss. Yeah. Fuck that kind of thinking. Fuck yeah. all of that kind of thinking. That's it. <laughs> That's it. No, but to, I mean, it does seem like with with the advent of like more... You know, like the, it's the one good thing about social media and like forms of media like podcasts that I feel like, you know, the the New York Times used to be considered like, well, that's as left wing as you're going to get. Like other than like, you know, zines uh, that mm-hmm. are like given away in cities like and now there are at least like more ways for you to actually like learn from people who aren't being funded by uh, Amazon necessarily. Right. Um, yeah. Uh Fizza, it's been such a pleasure having you. Uh as always. Uh where can people find you and follow you? Thanks for having me. Um I'm at Fizza Dasani on all the platforms at um I'll go ahead and spell it for you. F I Z A A D O S A N I. I know it sounds like a carbonated beverage. I don't have one yet, so if anyone's interested in getting one of these days. Anyone in the water business, hit me up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if you guys want to see me perform live, um, I'm doing a live stream interactive virtual show on the last Friday of every month. This is our first show with Rush Ticks, which is a new streaming platform, which I think will be like sort of like Live Nation has kind of a, mon- I don't want to say monopoly, but like they're on top of the live it's performance a monopoly. Game. Yeah. Let's just say monopoly. Well, Rush Ticks, I think, may be a, like a major player in the live stream world. Um, so I'm excited to see, you know, how that show goes. Um, it's going to be April 30th, 8 p.m. Pacific time, 11 p.m. Eastern time. Come through, come hang out. We like to keep it interactive and like, you know, the audience is part of the show as well. So definitely come through if you can. And if you guys want to come, come all, we can talk offline. Ooh. All right. Yeah. Uh, and is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Yeah, I don't know if you guys are familiar. Do you guys know God from the God Pod on Twitter? Um, I don't think so. So he became a pal of mine through Clubhouse. Um, it's it's funny because it's like being friends. You and God with, are tight because of Clubhouse. Yeah, because of All Clubhouse. Right. It's crazy because it's like being friends with Borat, but like not <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen. So the man behind God, you know, I don't know. But his he recently posted something. Um, 
religion isn't dangerous or bad, except for when it leads to huge wars or when people are so anti-science they refuse to take vaccines or when they use it to justify their bigotry, probably forgetting a few things. But other than that, it's just great. (laughs) Nailing it. Uh, he sounds like Seth Rogen, so I wish I could do it in his voice. It <laughs> the guy, the guy who is God, sounds like Seth Rogen. Yeah, man, you gotta. Um, I'll ping you into his next room. I, I help him with the room Hit called me. Ask God Anything. It's like a comedy room. Um, sometimes Satan comes in there. Sometimes we have a Jesus. <laughs> um, it's pretty nuts. Wow. This is actually one God retweeted. Um, it's by Al Snow. And his is, I just got kicked out of Flat Earth Facebook group because I asked if the six-foot social distancing had pushed anyone over the edge yet. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> so That's I giggled. So uh, Miles, where can people find you and follow you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray and also uh, the other podcast, 420 Day Fiance. Okay, yes, a tweet that I like is from uh, Louis Vertel. It says, kids today have not watched their mom break down at a blockbuster counter over an $11 late fee for Little Giants, and it shows. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've, I've not, not that my parents broke down, but I remember like the shit where you return some shit late and then you go to rent a new one and you're like, oh yeah, you know, you have a late fee. And then I would get the look from like one of my parents because I lived by a blockbuster and I would have to go ride my bike to return oh. it. And I was like, oh, oh, really? I don't know. And then I'm like, please, <laughs> come on. I want to watch Mantis tonight. Mantis. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wait, what is Mantis? Mantis was on Fox. It was okay. that like black superhero who had like a fucking suit of armor and shit on. It, okay. The shit was not on for very long. And if those that remember, you fucking remember. Yeah. I watched this. Is, this probably explains a lot about me. I watched Real American Hero, which was about like a clumsy dork who was a superhero and like had a blonde afro. And uh, it was on during the day when I was like four for some reason. There you go. Made you the man you are today. Yes, yes. Uh, Brody Gupta tweeted, do you think the first judge was getting his haircut during a case and that's why they wear barber capes and the haircut was bad, which explains the wig. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Shit, makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we recommend you go check out and vibe to. Uh, Miles, what song should the listeners go check out? Oh, man. So this is an MC that a friend introduced me to a while back called Billy Woods. Uh, with producer Kenny Siegel, um, and you, you probably you might you might be already up on them already. Uh, but we're gonna go out on a track called SpongeBob because this whole operation underwater, fam. Uh, <laughs> as he says in the fucking yeah, this is a really the production's really dope. It's got like it's very backpack hip hop vibe, and you know we're, mm. we're feeling we're feeling uh, we're in our hip hop bag at the moment. So yes, yes. this is Billy Woods with SpongeBob. Uh, all right, go check that out. The link will be in the footnotes. Uh, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for this morning. We are back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye.